time to crack a cold one and talk some whitetails. And we are back for another episode of the Whitetail Bloodline Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Saunders, and I appreciate you guys joining us for this one. It's going to be episode number 23, and on this episode, I get a big buck killer named John from Kansas. John's killed two 200-plus-inch bucks in the past two seasons, and yeah, you heard that right. He's killed two 200-plus-inch bucks from Kansas in the past two seasons, both going quite a bit over 200, so he knows what he's doing. Both of those bucks had the same genetics, and if you look at them, they look very similar growing a third main beam from the same spot, and if you just look at them side by side, you can tell it's the same genetic pool, but... Had a blast talking with John. He's a he's a big buck killer. Like I said, he's killed some bucks in the 170s, 180s, a couple 200 inches. So he's definitely doing something right and getting his perspective and just hearing these firsthand stories was super awesome. Had a blast talking with him. Going to have to get him back on another one just because he's got plenty of big buck stories. That's what we're here to do is talk some whitetails. But I've been looking forward to sharing this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. But without further ado, let's get John on the phone. How's it going, John? Hey, man, pretty good about yourself. I'm doing good, man. Excited to talk to you, hear this story. Yeah, heck yeah, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we can just start with a little background on you, uh, where you're from, like how you got into hunting, all that stuff. Well, where I'm originally from is from Nebraska, just uh, outside of Corning, Nebraska is where I'm originally from. And then uh, I think it was like the sixth grade, we moved down here to Kansas to my grandparents' farmstead. Okay. And uh, I would say that's kind of really when it took off for me. My dad was a was a really big time bird hunter, and I just man, I guess I just kind of gravitated myself towards the deer hunting deal, and just kind of started from there. Yeah, that's how it was for me. My dad he loved deer hunting too, but he bird hunting was his favorite because we lived in South Dakota when I was a young kid. Oh yeah, lots of birds up there. Oh yeah, yeah. Then uh, like I said, I just you know kind of started in the deer hunting thing, and then our bird. It seems it really seems like our bird hunt really just kind of started to die off for whatever reason, you know, whether it be the, the hawks or the chemical spraying or a lot of people blame on the chemical spraying, but yeah, you know, whatever the case may be. But I just kind of started gravitating towards it, and uh, you know, I really got in. I shot a few with the rifle, and then uh, kind of just went to a muzzleloader hunter for a couple of years. I think like through the seventh and eighth grade, I used the muzzleloader actually. Yeah. And, uh, which, you know, you can use here in Kansas is, you know, early in the season, right when both starts, you know, you got two weeks of muzzleloader season. And... Yeah, I wish we had that here. We're the opposite. We have it late season. Oh, really? Yeah, ours is like, I can't even think, end of December, mid-December. Wow. Yeah, so then uh, it's kind of started, that would have been, I think my, I think it was my freshman year. I, I started, my freshman year in high school, I started bow hunting. And I killed a pretty, you know, 145-inch, you know, 11-pointer. That's a good buck. Yeah. Especially for the first buck. My first buck was a little seven-point, probably 115, 110 inches or something. Yeah, heck yeah. That that was Virginia, though. That ain't Kansas. Yeah, right. Yeah, here you never really know what's lurking around the next corner, it seems like. Yeah, Kansas has always <laughs> been a dream of mine to go to since I was a kid growing up watching all them real tree hunt videos, monster bugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Kansas is – especially here in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, Kansas has really took it, taken off, you know, as far as Buck State. Because, like I said, you really just kind of never know what's what's going to show up. It's 
Yeah, that's kind of how Indiana is, too. Indiana's kind of a sleeper state, but that world record got shot, so you never know. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, just a couple years ago, that big giant. Yeah. Man, that's that's that. Wow, that thing's hard to believe. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy what a white tail can grow into, honestly. It is. It is. You know, a lot of people are, and I think it's more coming to light now, you know, with all the management practices and everybody letting a deer deer get to a, a certain age, you know, for the most part, I think is is making a huge impact on this deal. Let them get to their full full potential. Yep, I think last year was one of the first years where more, like, mature bucks three and a half years and older got killed ever in history. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're, we're heading towards the right way if that's what you want to do. I mean, that's what I do. I just try to go mature buck. Kind of, yeah. Obviously, I like the big horns, but if he's mature, that's good enough for me. Yeah, and that's, you know, pretty well, all other than starting out, you know, you're – Kind of almost yeah. shoot the, shoot whatever comes by, you know, oh, until yeah. you get to a certain age. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't start really doing that until I was probably 25 or something. I'm 28 yeah. now, so. Yeah, I would say that's that's probably, yeah, about right for me too, you know, it's starting shooting for more of an age class. You know, I don't know how many bucks I've killed, you know, 120 and 150 inches, you know, that are yeah. just old bucks, you know. Yep, yep. You know, your, it's, buck, it, your buck was awesome. He had some character. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of that character. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of, oh, man, all you do is shoot, you know, big antler bucks. Well, that, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you, though, if a 130-inch, seven-and-a-half-year-old comes walking by, I said, I guarantee you I'll shoot that deer all day long, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more about it's, the- it's just what you're looking for, too. Some people don't care, like we were just talking about. They, they're they a meat hunter. They're going there a couple weekends a year, and then there's guys that care about shooting them big bucks more and it definitely yeah. takes a lot more of your time to do that it's not as easy as people think it is oh no it is it is not i mean heck you can ask my wife how many hours i'm out messing with all this stuff and even thinking yeah. about it and strategizing all this stuff you know a lot of a lot of guys say oh man that's that you got lucky look yeah. at work is and i won't deny that a luck is a big part of it but there's also yeah. you know guys that i've known that have hunt, hunted you know 30, 40 years that haven't even seen a deer that big. Well, I know it's because you don't get out of the truck. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, I hate to say for it. For me, the past few years, it's a 365-day type of job, honestly. I'm always, every yep. day I'm doing something white tails. If it's studying, looking at videos, actually putting boots on the ground, I'm doing something every day. For sure. And, you know, shed hunting for us is a big deal. You know, for one, you're out looking for antlers to see what, what bucks made it through the season. But number two is you're looking for sign from the year before all the trails and and all the rubs and the scrapes and everything are still visible right now before all the grass starts to grow back up and all the leaves back on the trees yep so where they drop them you know he's going through mm -hmm. he dropped them yep that's right and unfortunately the deer i shot this year um you know i didn't get any history or nothing with him which you know you having sheds from the years before and everything is a great is a great awesome thing to have but it's just kind of like where we live it's really a hard thing to do because all these places where these these pockets of timber and stuff and the river you know and the river bottoms and everything where these a lot of these deer live mm-hmm. is all and nothing against out-of-staters or anything it's just a lot of out-of-state guys either have it leased up or bought yep i've heard that's a big issue like we've looked to lease land around here in indiana and kentucky even ohio and we can't just can't find it yeah so it's like you know, we just kind of more or less hunt everything on the outskirts. And and it's actually, I've kind of been figuring this out here the last few years. You know, I've got, for the last four, year, four or five years, I've killed 
two bucks over one seventy and two bucks over two hundred now. Since yeah, well, I've been doing some right, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I said, a lot of it is luck. You know, it it's one yeah. thing you're getting pictures of a buck. You know, it's it's another thing to kill him. But then there's just luck is a part of it. But a lot of it is, you know, strategizing. You know, there was like the one I killed in 2020, the one I called Titan. That uh, actually, you know, that 207. He was if 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 I would had been fifth, I'd have just went in there, yeah, not yeah. knowing what I know now, and I probably would have bumped him and messed him up. I've been around some mature deer. I haven't been around these 200-inch deer. Is there a different mentality that those 200-inch or them 100, even 80-inch bucks have, or are they just a different breed of a white-tail buck? You, you know, I used to kind of think that, but this year has really proven me wrong with that because there's actually a buck that me and my buddy Steve have been hunting for the last three years now. We call him mm-hmm. the King 8 because he's just a really big, you know, he's a 160-inch 8-pointer. He's a big, heavy, massive Giant. deer but he's old and here this year we thought man we've got this deer down on a pattern we know where he's coming from i mean this deer's killable oh heck no my buddy steve hunted that deer almost i mean every almost every day throughout the whole season and it's that deer knew it didn't matter it didn't even got down to where we thought he knew we were parking the truck so yeah i've heard that a lot about big bucks it's so what we did actually the last week of season, last week in December, was I came, I would come to town at noon from work, pick him up, take him out there, drop him off, and not even stop the truck, just keep driving. Mm-hmm. And he'd just basically yeah. bail out. And somehow that deer still knew that we were, that he was there. That's crazy. I mean, he is the, I have never been beaten by a buck like this, like this deer. And uh, finally, the last day of season, when he went and hunted, he got in the truck, he said, you know what? That deer deserves to live. He can live. He can die. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Some of them, man. Like every buck has a different personality. Yeah, so. for sure. And I don't. I don't really know if it matters. I, I don't think it does. I think your your age class and the experience, just like people, I think with your experiences in life and what you've had to live through, I think I really think deer have a personality in things that things that happen to them that just make them smarter. Yep, I believe that because you got to think that deer's surviving 365 days a year. He's not yep. just worried about it during deer season. He's always out there, yeah, just trying to survive. Yeah, with you know, even when it's not rifle season, you know, even I, I know there's guys that drive around with rifles in the truck, you know, during the rut. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that happens, and for them deer to survive, those guys that are out, you know, quote unquote poaching yep. and all this other stuff and coyotes, spotlighting them when it's easy to get them. Yeah, <laughs> and actually that King 8 that I want to talk about, the uh, we actually had him dead to rights out the truck <laughs> truck window <laughs> one time because he was in a milo field with a doe, and he was actually pretty much in the road ditch. And you could just see when we stopped the truck, his eyes just got so big because he was like, I don't want to leave my doe, but I know I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah. You know, his eyes were just huge, just staring us down and, and you know we just we kept driving or whatever of course but yeah. you know that was the one time that deer ever messed up that we know of <laughs> yeah hey it's them women man always make a guy mess up every once in a while oh you bet man <laughs> you bet <laughs> doesn't matter what animal what breed you are women will get you in trouble oh yeah oh for for dang sure man 
So, you know, that's probably the hardest, I'd say that's probably been the hardest deer I've ever hunted. Um, you know, these two that I've killed the last two years, it was just being very cautious about going in there, putting your scent in there. And, and I knew that like that one I killed in 2020, he was, if he didn't show up at a certain time, he wouldn't show up until like right at dark. So I knew yeah. when, when I saw him from the stand with a bunch of other deer and they kind of went off west of me. And I still had, mind you, I still had 45 minutes of daylight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was still a chance he could show up, but I knew that deer. I knew what he was going to do. He was going to come in basically as I was getting out of the stand. Okay, for me to get out. Yeah. And sure enough, I got out of the tree stand and like 10 minutes after dark, boom, he pops in. So it's like, yeah. all right, you know, it, if yeah, I would have stayed, I'm, I would have messed it up. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah, that's what I do a lot of times because I, I run camera gear, and once I run out of camera light, I get down, which yeah. is 10, 15 minutes before most people's actual, like, you can still shoot. But I just do that because if I'm not going to get it on the film, I don't do it anymore. That's been oh, my sure. the past three years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's something I think we're looking into getting into this year is filming some of these hunts because I've had a lot of guys reach out like, man, you should have got down on video. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Because I was in a, I was in a box blind, you know. I mean, I very well could have had the camera there with me, but you know, I I didn't. Yeah, it adds another element to it, though. If I didn't have a camera in my hands a few times, I'd have definitely killed a couple more bugs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a tough decision to make, but you know, but I, when I, you I have that like, video, man, there's nothing like having that memories and then videos. Right, and then I got uh, you know another buddy on the other hand you know telling me well yeah but you got to think that that's your memory though nobody else has that you know that's just yours that's, yeah that's true and i'm thinking yeah but i'd sure like to watch that again <laughs> yeah if i love watching like I, I feel my nephew kills first deer when he was like seven and then this year he got his first buck and got that on film it's just cool to have those memories oh for sure for sure and you know i've got i've got two kids that you know hunt every year and and that's mm -hmm. the other thing you know those memories i'd love to have just you know, 30 years, they can be showing that to their kids, you know? Yep, exactly. So but I was reading a, I was reading an article about Zeus. That's the big buck that you killed last year, right? Yes, sir. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. You were in the Lake of the Ozarks when you got your first picture of him, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were, well, we, you know, it was pretty much trying to get things ready. We set out feeders and stuff because, you know, in Kansas, it's legal debate. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then that's usually more or less of for us is just to get inventory, you know, see what's around too. Yep. Um, and like I said, the area that we live in predominantly, especially early season up until, you know, mid to last part of October, even in November, these deer just live in the Milo fields. Hmm. Like, like you can, you can hunt in the trees or whatever you want to do, but good luck because when that grains out there in the Milo fields, they, they, they live out there. You guys I mean, got you like big Milo there. fields, like large acres. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. like the one where I killed Zeus, that's a 300-acre mile field, and there's not a tree within two miles of that place. Yeah, I've planted Milo on my property, and the deer love being in it. I'd walk through them because I'd have a couple of trails cut, and I'd walk face-to-face -face from them many times. Yep, yep, and especially when, you know, some of that stuff, you know, if we have a good wet year, it gets, you know, four to five feet tall. Oh, yeah, every bit of it, yep. So they can hide in that stuff, and you'd shoot, unless they lift their head out to look or up above the mile, you're never going to see them. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, yeah that's I went a, to the Lake of the Ozarks one time for a buddy's uh, – actually, Dylan, who's part of the bloodline, he got married for his bachelor party. 
it's a pretty cool place out there, man. This was like during COVID, and they didn't give two shits about COVID. No, no, they didn't. Like we went down to Margaritaville and stuff, and it's like nobody. No, COVID. Yeah, what COVID? <laughs> no, it was awesome. We were all hyped because, like, you on the whole way down there, everybody's doing all these COVID protocols, and we get there and nothing. We're like, okay, our type of place. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. You know, you yeah, COVID's just a whole nother. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole podcast alone. Yeah, that's for sure, man. But, so yeah, we was we were down there while well, we went down there for a week and uh what what day was that? When I first got a picture of him. Yeah, that was August third. So yeah, we were there and on the twenty third, you know, we were we had a house running and stuff, had a dock and all that crap and Mm-mm. And we were just sitting there listening to music, and I go up to change the music on my phone. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna open up the app and see what showed up. And then he was boom right there, the first picture, and I just lost my mind. No, I bet because you know you, you're and I got that one backside view of him with the drops and everything, a big palmation. I was like, God dang, that's a 250 inch deer! Holy moly! Yeah, velvet make him look even bigger. Right? I mean, yeah, I mean, big time. You look a big mass, everything, and and. Yep. I mean, that was nuts. And, of course, you know where my attention was the whole rest of the night. It wasn't on my wife or anybody else. It was on my phone. <laughs> yeah. He, was, he oh, kept walking man. through. And, oh, man. And what so then, drug camera were you rocking? Uh, I, I used a Tacticam reveal. Oh, I've heard nothing about that. I think yeah. we're going to end up getting one. They are. I've run on, I'm running six of them now. But then, and actually, when I – when bow season started, I switched over to just your normal cameras. Yeah. Because I know if they say if you use those cameras to kill the deer, then, you know, it doesn't go in the books and this, that, and the other. So I yep. had a picture of him, knew he was there, but I just went ahead and switched over in that area to the old, old style, par- you know, card pull cameras for now. Yeah. But, yeah that's smart. That's a good thing to think about when you kept after a buck that big. Yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as, like, when he was showing up and season started, I was like, all right, let's switch this camera out. So just to, like I said, because I, I would say I do understand the lot or the deal behind that. You know, they say it's an unfair advantage or whatnot. Yeah. But I, you know, technology's just constantly advancing. You know, I mean, I don't know anybody, yeah. hardly anybody now that's not running a cell camera. Yep, exactly. Especially when you're on these big acre farms like like that. Like, usually, yeah. if you have service, you usually have a cell camera on it. And I've bought a yeah. few throughout the years, but at the moment, I don't. But we're about to buy more for this next season just to better our odds. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I said, I'm running – I'm rocking six of them now, and I'm looking to add four more of them this year. Mm-hmm. So, just different spots and, and stuff like that that we're picking up. But and Like you said, you don't have to put your scent in there to go check that camera every time. Yeah. Yeah, and then we – We've gone to bigger feeders, like 600-pound feeders and stuff. So we would go in there, fill it one time, put the batteries yeah. in it, and we're gone for, you know, unless we come back to hunt or, or, or whatnot. You guys using so, gravity or spin feeder? Gravity feeders. Yep, I'm about to buy. I have a, some feeders, but I'm just about to buy some adapters to put on the bottom of them to make them gravity. Save your – You know saves you some And I, I switched over to those probably five years ago just because I'm not sure a lot of these – Big old mature bucks like the spinners. Yeah, it's like the noise, you think? Yeah, I think it's the noise because I've had big deer, like, well, dump corn on the ground and stuff and had big mature deer showing up, and then you go out there and put a spinner feeder out, and they just – they never come back. Yeah, so that's a good thing to think about. Yeah. So that's loud. Why you can hear them. A deer hear them from a couple hundred yards easy. Oh, yeah. 
and if we can hear them, you know, they can hear them from probably a half mile. Yeah, exactly. You know, on a calm day. So, yeah, we switched over, you know, to the boss. We'd run the boss buck feeders. Yep, I like those. Is what we've switched over to. I've got few 350 pounders and then we got some 600 pounders that we that we use what kind of feed on the, you putting in them? uh just corn just whole corn okay yeah i'm i'm kind of a i'm a budget hunter a lot of guys you know even guys that i, I talk to about hunting here in town and stuff they you know put mineral out and stuff through them all year and like that's great I'm, I'm poor <laughs> yeah it is expensive like Especially yeah. everything's priced in corn. I don't know about where you guys live, but our corn bags used to be like five, six bucks a bag, and now they're up to about eight or nine. Yep. Yep. I think ours is like, I think it's like seven or eight dollars a bushel here now to even go get at the co op. So, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, this year's going to be kind of touch and go on how much corn I want to feed these and how many, how many of the coons I want to keep alive. Yep. And you, uh, you're a farmer. So you, you get all them prices, right? Aren't you a farmer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, say, you you get all them, you know all them prices. I'm sure about everything. Yeah, yeah, I kind of follow that pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, he was uh, like I said, he was coming in, and he was Zeus was pretty regular to the feeder. Um, there for about the first week, but then, uh, of course, I don't know if this is like the same where you're at, but it seems like once they shed their velvet, they just turn into a whole different animal. Yep, exactly. Usually right when they shed, they'll go to their, what I call them, their fall range. We'll have a couple of the bucks will stay, and then a couple of bucks we won't see until about this time. Yeah, for sure. You know, that was uh, the 29th of August is when he started shedding his velvet. And actually, that night was pretty cool because I got to watch him. He came in the first time, had all his velvet on and everything. He left, came back, had velvet hanging off left came back had more velvet hanging off until like three in the morning and his antlers were clean really yeah so that was pretty neat the only thing that would have been better was had video of him you know actually rubbing it off would have been yeah, really yeah. cool too but yeah and then he came in and those are some of the coolest pictures i have of him you know half shed and he's got velvet hanging off it's really cool sure antlers are all red bloody a little bit still yeah yeah, yeah and then cool. uh so then our youth season started, I can't remember if that was the, yeah, it was the 4th, of, 4th or 5th of September, the youth season started, and still didn't have any daylight pictures of this deer at all, and uh, so I decided, you know, we'll just go sit, the weather's right, the wind direction's right, we've got a cold front coming, so I took actually my oldest son, Hunter, and we actually sat for that deer that night, mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, if this deer's here, you know, he he might not be here in two weeks when the regular archery season starts. Yep, exactly. So, so if he's showing up, as long as somebody gets him. So, but we didn't have any luck that night. We just had the doe come in, and then we just kind of left it alone because then the temperatures got hot. You know, we're staying right up there about 100 degrees. Yeah. So, hot. yeah, it wasn't even worth hardly going out. So, we just kind of – but then we actually – we had a cold front come in, and we went to another spot, and my youngest son, Blake, killed a deer we call One-Eyed Jack – He's a really old, heavy eight-pointer, so he got him on – I think that was the 8th of September when he got him when we had a rainstorm come through that evening. Oh, them early season rainstorms, man. Something about them gets in bucks moving. Oh, yeah, big time. So so he, he was able to get tagged out that day, and then we just kind of kept tabs on Zeus because, you know, he was – like I said, once he shed his velvet, 
he was there, but it wasn't consistent times anymore. It was like, you know, 10 o'clock here, two o'clock here, be there at five o'clock in the morning. And then the next night it'd just be totally different. Where were you having these cameras mainly on your feed site? Yeah. Just on the feed site for the time being then. Okay. And then, uh, so like I said, he was really inconsistent, but he was always well after dark. So I was like, okay, this deer is bedded somewhere, but it's not close to there. If he's not, he's usually getting up right before dark, but if he's not getting there till two hours after dark, two to three hours after dark, you know, he's not bedding real close to there. Yep. So actually on opening day, it was a Wednesday of, of uh, archery season. I decided I'm just going to go sit in this mile of field and see if I can see this deer. Yeah. Well, sure enough, he was within about 200 yards of where I thought he was bedding. And about 20 minutes before dark, before dark he's, his head popped up. And you, Did you see him over the Milo? Yeah. Yeah, he just I, – I mean, I saw – I was watching – I was watching the field, and then I saw him as soon as he stood up and his head came up, and I just thought, holy cow. Pictures yeah. do not do you justice. Yep. Oh, I bet that much antlers sticking up there because the mile fields are pretty brown and green, so he probably stuck out like a turd in a punch bowl. Oh yes, he did, for sure. Yeah. He had, he's got the big white antlers. Yeah, you know, it, was, it was hard to miss. And the thing about this deer is actually he was living like an eighth a mile off of Interstate seventy. Really. Which is the big interstate that comes all the way through Kansas. And so, two yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, don't you ever try to cross that interstate because you're going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine hitting that fucking buck on your way to work? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I would, if, if somebody would have hit him and I'd have heard about it, I'd have cried. Yeah. When I was, when I was a little kid, uh, I don't know how big the buck I was really young. I was like five, six years old. We, had, we hunted with this guy and he had what probably now is a 200 inch deer, at least high 180s, 190s. And it got hit by a car. And I remember seeing pictures of that buck when I was young. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that it, dude ended up crawling like 25 yards up to him in early season, eat, like licking on a mineral or something. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, that would just break your heart. Yep. Oh, yeah, he was devastated. And, and really, that close to the interstate, I would have never thought a buck like that would be living. Right. You know, it's like, of, of all places, why there? <laughs> I, guess, I, I mean, I guess he knows not very many people coming off that road. And that's true. And everybody on that highway is not really probably gazing out the window looking for deer either. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know, but it was just nuts. And I don't know if you know how when it's hot out and you're sitting in a mile of field and you're sweating, how itchy that stuff is. Oh, yeah. But it is awful. It'll just about drive you insane. So I'm sitting there. <laughs> Trying to fight off the mosquitoes for one, too, because I mean, mosquitoes are horrible, man. Oh, yeah, I learned that when I hunted Kentucky early season last year. We didn't even have a thermocell or nothing, it was terrible. No, that or just drench yourself in spray is about the only way to, to do that. To even, yeah. oh man, it's it's awful. It's like, even though the deer are upwind to me, I swear they can smell that mosquito spray. I have so much on me, yeah. So, but I saw him, uh, so I basically did the same thing for those th for three nights for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But actually Friday, I sat kind of, I got closer to him. The wind actually switched. It was coming out of the north because we had a front come in. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually not very far from his bed. And I was, I just parked myself in the Milo. And I was hosed down with the mosquito spray and everything, just sitting there watching. And I could see a couple little bucks that were bedded, but I couldn't see him. And sure enough, a rainstorm came through. And this is where it gets really awesome. 
<laughs> yeah. And I'm, I didn't know this, but as soon as it started raining, all three deer stood up. And he was yeah, one of them. He was there. Yeah. And they all stood up. And I was just like, man, why? Oh, well, they don't want to lay in a wet bed either. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So they were all moving around. And he actually got to within about 60 yards of me. Okay. But I would have had to stand up in the mile and draw. And I was like, oh, he's going to see me. But then as soon as the rain stopped, you know, they wandered off west of me. They headed off up the waterway west of me, away from me. And so I was like, well, I'll just sit here for a little while. Well, not realizing that the rain, the, you know, quarter inch of rain that we had washed all the mosquito spray off of me. Oh, yeah. Man, them things swarmed me and they just about carried me off. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. By the time the deer walked off to where I didn't think I was going to spook them, I grabbed my chair, my boat, and I ran for the truck. <laughs> yeah, you can't sit still in there, man. You can like you can sit there for a minute, but after a while, you got to start swatting them. Yeah, when they're biting your ears and the back of your neck yeah. and your arms, it's like, no, I got to get out of here. And just the buzzing in you would drive me crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, this is no fun. Those Milo fields aren't fun early season. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we had a wet year, a wet spring, so there was plenty of mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah. So then, uh, so that was Friday night. And actually, before I walked in to hunt that deer, my buddy that I hunt with, Steve, called me, and him and his son went 30 minutes south to a spot we got. Mm-hmm. And they showed up there, and he texted me that somebody had stolen our camera our feeder and the deer stand out of there they drove 30 minutes just to find that all of our stuff was missing no shit wow yeah and i just i was beside myself and he was like don't let that ruin your hunt just go hunt and everything it's like okay so it's like that's one blow but then i I saw zeus so that was that was a good it was turned out to be a good night but it was just man like really if i can't i don't get why people are like that man it's like go go get a job and work for it like I did. Exactly. Like we we work hard for that money, man. Yeah, I mean you're you know, a six hundred pound boss buck feeders, you know, six hundred fifty, seven hundred bucks. You know, I got two hundred dollars in the camera and then you know, two hundred dollars in the stand. You just yep. robbed me of a thousand bucks. Thanks, dude. Yep. Mm. So that yeah. Was I a hate whole, that, man. that was a whole world win of crap. And I was come on. I I just don't I like you, I don't understand it. I really yeah, don't. Some low life. Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, so I came home in the garage, you know, we had a few beers and stuff, and we kind of got a game plan for the next day. I said, you know, so we pulled off of that, you know, we pulled that camera out, you know, I think Tuesday or whatever before season started. We pulled out that camera and uh, off that feeder, and that we left the feeder there and stuff. But we ended up taking, I've got a redneck uh, big country blind on a trailer. Mm hmm. So we took that on the trailer and we pulled it down there and I pulled it up to that, uh, the entrance of that waterway where I'd seen them, you know, with about within about 60 yards of where I seen them stand up. Okay. So we parked that redneck blind there, uh, Saturday morning and got it all set up and everything, you know, doing it as quietly as we can. Cause I knew they were probably better within just a few hundred yards of us. Yeah. So left everything there. And I usually like to let things soak. You know, a pop-up wind or anything like that. You move something to an area, you need to let it probably sit for a few weeks before you ever hunt it. Yep, I'm the same way. So I never, I didn't have any intentions of coming back and hunting him or anything. You know, I might come, you know, sit in the field again and just watch him. Yeah. But 
we got all that set up and <laughs> and it, this was another you know, our stuff got stolen and then we ended up loading this uh this bail blind in my truck after we got all this done we went over to another spot loaded a redneck bail blind i've got in the back of my truck and it ended up i just restored my pickup i've got a 2001 silverado and we put new bedsides all new paint job all nice and everything and it hadn't been two months since i've done this and and that blind shifted in the back of my truck and literally gouged the side of the bedside like gouged the paint off in like four different places and i was my goodness what else can go wrong like our stuff got pulling yesterday and now this happens i'm like oh my gosh it's not, so, not your week, not your couple weeks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Anyway, I tried not to get, you know, I didn't get all upset about it. I was like, you know, there ain't, there ain't nothing I can do about it. It, it is what it is yeah, now. It already, it already happened. So I ain't no reason, no need to be upset about it, you know. So, so we came home and stuff, and God, it got to like 92 degrees that day. And I'm sitting at home in the air conditioner and I just got to thinking. I'm like, well, I'm just sitting here in the house doing nothing. You know, I'm on the couch, man. That's what I always. That's say. right. I was like, that blind's there now. He doesn't know what was there. What happens if he walks down that trail and he comes by that blind tonight? So I was like, you know what? Come on, I said I'm gonna go hunting. It's like, okay, well, me and her friend Amy, we're gonna hang out. Stuff's so like, cool. I'm just, I'm just gonna go sit. You know, I'm gonna take the bow with me. But, you know, it's 92 degrees. By the time I get in that blind, I'm probably gonna be naked. So. It's gonna be yeah. so hot that thing. <laughs> Going into it with not too many too much high expectations, but like no. you said, you never know. Not at all. But but the wind was out the southwest, so the wind was good and stuff. So I was like, you know, I I'll just go see and observe this, nothing else. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there, nothing's happening, of course. And it got to I think it was forty five minutes before dark. This uh, little buck in that waterway stood up and was walking around, you know, just kind of milling around. Okay, watching him. I say a little buck. He was, you know, one hundred forty inch ten pointer. You know, yeah, three little, little compared to Zeus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and so, and then the, another little buck got up. It's just this little four corn, you know, year and a half old buck. And and they were kind of sparring and just messing around, you know, kind of walking around, doing whatever they're doing. And I'm watching them. And I'm actually texting my buddy Steve, saying, hey, I got two bucks, you know, 200 yards away from me, you know, just kind of messing around. And I'm watching them through the binoculars. And they just right out of my top view of my binoculars, I just see tines sticking up out of the Milo. Mm. I can't really see what it is or anything like that. I was like, oh, man, it looks like a pretty good deer. Yeah. And then I keep watching him, and then he lifts his head up and turns his head. I said, Jesus. Yeah, stomach dropped, like, oh, there he is. Oh, my gosh. I swear, just in that instant, I got lightheaded and shaky and, and everything else. And, and so I'm watching him and he's standing out there looking around and then all of a sudden he turns and he just starts just making a beeline right towards the blind. I said, no way that deer's walking this way. Yeah. Holy freaking cow. You're kidding me. And I'm watching him. He actually gets, when he gets to that waterway, there's some big cattails and stuff and he disappears behind those cattails. Mm-hmm. And I'm just staring a hole through those things, trying to watch just to see where he's, he's at. And I just, I don't know what caught my eye. But it was like 10 minutes after he disappeared. I just catch him through the cattails, and he is staring a hole through that blind. Yeah, notice like, hey, this wasn't here last time I came through. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm watching, and I think that's what he was doing. He was just looking for movement. He was looking for something. And he yeah. just stared at it, stared at it. And it felt like hours that he was just staring at it. And then finally, the other two little bucks were messing around, so that kind of caught his attention. So he went over to them, 
And I actually walked away a little ways with this other little four-corn buck. I was like, mm-hmm. well, there he goes. You know, they're going to go like they did last night. You know, they're going to go west up that waterway and walk away. How far is he at this point? Probably 150 yards. Okay, so not too far. No, not too far at all. And uh, But they walk away. They get to the edge of the mile out of the walk out of the uh, waterway, right at the edge of the mile, and they're walking the other way. And they disappeared. I thought, okay, well, you know, that's done. You know, but shoot, I still got time. I'll just sit here and just watch him, you know, if I can, if he gets inside again, watch him walk in the lake. It's, you know, a deer that big, you can't help but want to, you know, want to watch yeah. him at least. Yeah. And, uh, and it, to my surprise, about, it wasn't two and a half, comes that little four corn buck down that trail on the edge of the mile. And I'm watching him, and all of a sudden, just right up o- over the knoll, you here comes, you know, walking right, I mean, 10 yards behind you. I was like, and no way. You got this blind, like, sitting right on the edge of a mile on, like, a path, kind of? Yeah, yeah. They've got a trail that kind of is about five yards from the mile, and it kind of just makes a curve, and it actually goes back behind the blind. Okay. And it has, there's actually two or three trails in that waterway that walk, but that little buck was walking the one that was going to actually get downwind of me eventually. And I was mm-hmm. like, come on, just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. He stops, and Zeus got a little bit closer to him, and then they keep walking again. And that little buck got to 32 yards. I arranged him. I said, okay, that spot right there where that tougher grass is 32 yards. Okay. So he kept walking and he got closer to the blind. And then that little buck finally got all oh, probably 20 yards from the blind and he just stopped and just stared at it. Yeah. And I looked at that. Little, probably. That's probably, I think that's what he was doing. Yeah. He was trying to get a whiff of me. And I don't know if the wind swirled a little bit and he did, but he was on high alert. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. That's and Zeus wasn't even paying attention to him. He had his head down, was walking, and he got right to that tougher grass where that little buck was, where I ranged him at 32. And I drew back, and he took two more steps. I'm like, okay, he's 30. And he was actually quarter two. He's actually quarter to me pretty good. I put it right there in his shoulder because I was like, I'm not – this is my shot. If these two get down one of me, this is done. Yeah, it might be your last shot at him once he smells you and knows you're actually right there. Yeah, so – you know, and he could disappear and never come back. So I was like, this is my shot. Stopped. He stopped there, lifted his head up, and then was staring at that little buck. And right then I just let it go. And it just, whack. Oh, and I knew good, I stuck good it. Sack, the whack, I mean. Yeah, yeah, the good sound, yeah. Not the yeah. bad one where it sounds like a wall. Yeah. I couldn't see the arrow as he run off. But he took, he wheeled around and he, they just took off right straight across that mile field. And I'm watching him and he's kind of fumbling. I see him through the binoculars and he's fumbling and everything. I was like, okay, all right. I think he, he's hit good. He's hit good. And he gets to that first terrace. It's about 175 yards. And I, and he, his front end comes up in the air and he just goes poof and just falls right on his side. Oh, you must have been losing your mind. <laughs> you can ask my wife this. Anytime I shoot a big deer, I, when I call her, she doesn't know what's going on. She just knows that I shot a deer because you yeah. cannot understand a word I say. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> I do the same thing. First one I call is like my girlfriend. But, yep. And uh, I watched him fall over, and I said, oh, man, this is done. And He's such an – well, you know, you're a bow hunter. It's such an emotional roller coaster. It's nothing like it. No, not at all. You know, we went from having our stuff stolen and then my pickup got messed up from that blind. 
and I, th- I never would have thought it would have happened. It's just like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just going to domino down from here. But to actually watch him fall over was just insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially so you know he actually went down and everything. Yeah, that's the best. That yeah. is the best. Oh, it was oh, – yeah. It, And I still don't I, – I still don't know if it's totally sunk in or just, you know, what I killed. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a big deer. It's just I don't know if it's fully hit home even yet that, you know, I've shot probably the – I mean, at least probably in the top 50 in the state of all time, you know, or close mm-hmm. to it. You know, so that's that's a huge that's that's a huge deal. Even to get over that two hundred mark is like that's like your benchmark of what everybody shoots for. Yep, exactly. And with a bow, so that's a different level of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I, so I called my wife and then I called my buddy Steve and he actually came over and got my my two kids and and, uh, and then I called my other buddy. It was thirty minutes away. I said, "Hey, man, I got him." And he's like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, dude, I, I'm ser- like I at this point I'm just in tears. It's like it's just it's just I'm so excited. I'm just in tears at this point. Have He's you like, walked you up to him yet? That deer. <laughs> I said, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did. I watched him fall over. He's like, man, I'm on my way. That's how I am too. My any of my buddies shoot a big buck. I'm going to see it. Oh yeah, you have to. Doesn't yeah. matter how far away it is. It's like okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of eating dinner. I'm throwing the fort down. I'm coming. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So you know, then I didn't. I didn't go search for him or anything. Of course, you know, I just got out of the blind and went back to the truck. And then uh, we all kind of group regrouped there. You know, my buddy Steve brought my my two kids over, and then my other buddy Derek showed up. You know, about an hour later, I was like, "All right, well, let's let's go find him." You know, I I know he's dead. I watched him fall over. I know he's dead. Yeah. So we got back where my shot was, and there's no blood. Really. I mean, we're searching back and forth to where I knew he went in the Milo. You know, I found his footprints and everything where he went into the Milo there. Because you can tell how where he dug in. No blood. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No blood you on the Milo leaves. Nothing. I was like, God dang it. I know I hit him good. You didn't find your arrow yet, right? Nope. Okay. Still no arrow. And I, was like, yeah. and I knew I buried it in him good. I knew I got good penetration. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it come out. And I didn't see him running with it in him. So I was like, man, what the, what happened? So, like I said, I had a pretty good idea when he went down, but by now it's dark. You know, things look different in the dark, of course, than oh, they do. Yeah. It's hard to find anything in the dark. And uh, and uh, that Milo that we've got planted there is on 30-inch rows, and I am just deathly afraid of spiders. I hate spiders. <laughs> One good spider, spider to me. You yeah, know, yeah. If, if they're on me, I'll freak out. And going through these 30-inch rows that are, you know, four and a half foot tall – it's perfect for them spiders to make their webs in between those rows. Oh, yeah. I bet it's terrible. Oh, Lord. And I had a stick, and I was trying to, like, you know, because at this point with no blood, we've been searching for 30 minutes now for blood, and I found him. I mm-hmm. said, I got a pretty good idea where he's at. Let's just start going down the rows and just start searching. Yeah. And so I've got a stick, and I'm like, there's spiders everywhere in this damn field. It's just I'm, my anxiety at this point is through the damn roof. Skyrocketing. <laughs> <laughs> blood like, pressure is oh boiling. If there wasn't, a, I knew this big deer wasn't dead. I would not be out here. <laughs> so I got a stick and like knocking the spider webs off, knocking the spiders off, and then it finally got to where I was like, "God, he's got to be here somewhere." But you know, I thought I saw him go because then your doubt kind of starts to set in. Yeah, like, exactly. Did I watch him go down? Did he get back up? I mean, I mean, what's going on? So then at that point, I just started blowing through him. 
I had spiders on me and stuff. I didn't care at that point. I just was at that point where I was like, I didn't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna find this deer. I'm not gonna find this deer. Not recover him because I'm afraid of spiders. I'm just gonna blow through these damn things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I got over that real quick then. So we're grid searching and everything. And I bet it took us another 15 minutes. And I finally just happened to stumble upon him. And I actually saw the row that I was in. I just happened to see the white of his tail. Really? And I knew, as soon as I saw it, I knew exactly what it was. And I just started screaming, like, oh, he's over here, you know. I got him, boys. Yeah, he's here. Come on, come on, come on. Because I wanted to wait till they got there, you know, with their phones and stuff before I walked up on him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they all got around me. Like, okay, okay, let's go, let's go. And I, oh man, I tell you what, when I picked up his antlers, it was, um, it was like I won the lottery. Oh, I bet, man. Like, no feeling like I, like I've, my biggest buck's about, a, he's high 150s, 160. And yeah, I'll never forget that walking up on him for the first yeah, time. Yeah, that, that's a big deer, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it was pretty nuts. And of course, like that, I just, I, you know, taking pictures and everything. And actually, one of the most popular pictures that you see running around on the internet is actually the one my, my buddy took on his cell phone, you know, my mouth's pretty much open when I picked him up. Yep, that's the one I've seen. Actually, that's your, your picture on yeah. your contact. Yeah, and I was like, that's like my favorite picture out of all of them, just because I'm like, holy, what is this thing? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, character, man, kind of to describe his character a little bit, how many drop times did he have? I know he's he had got, a couple. Yeah, he's, he's got two drops, and then he's got, you know, he's got the – on his left side, he's actually got those three main beams. Yep, yep, that was great. On his right side, you know, he's got that big split. I mean, he does, he has everything. And, and actually, on one of those, I think it's the drop time on his right side. It's the weirdest point I've ever seen. And the guy that I took him to the Kansas Monster Buck Classic and had mm-hmm. him scored there by those three uh, Boone and Crockett scorers there. It's, I've never seen anything like it, and they haven't either. On one of his drop times, at like the end of it, it actually comes back out on the backside, and there's a point that goes up right along that drop. Really? And it's like an inch and a half long. And I, I've seen it before, but I didn't think it was actually a point. I just thought it was like, you know, you know, a nub off of that point or whatever you want to call it, like a bump off that point. But he said, no, look. And he slid a business card in between there. And he said, that's a wow. point. I was like, no shit. Holy cow. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> And like you, you know, said, it probably didn't like them all in pictures you got of that buck did not do justice of no, holding them in your own hands. Not at all. And you know, when you see all the stuff coming off the back of these antlers and stuff that you can't actually see in the pictures, all the all the little stuff, all the little junk is, you know, once you actually get to hold him and look at him, it's like holy moly, this this thing's got character everywhere. Yeah. And he actually looks a lot like him and I know him and the buck that I shot the year before. Or have to be of the same Jane pool because they have the same double main beams. They have this the one I shot the year before. He doesn't have big splits, but off his G twos, he's got big kickers. Okay, and you killed and, the other one on that same property. And actually, he's about five and a half miles away. Okay, from, a good area. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, I had, of course I had the game warden show up and everything like that. I called him to come out and look at it because. You know, all the haters like, oh, it's a pen raised deer, you know, or you yeah. posted or whatever else. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, he was there before we ever moved the deer. You know, everything. He probably good. loved coming out there and seeing that fucking job. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's one of his better days working all year. Yeah. He's like, well, I called him up and I said, hey, you know, I, I shot a big deer. He's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, pretty good one then. I said, well, he's well over 200. He's like, 
are you serious? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, just, just to make sure, you know, the over there is where I shot him. This is where it died. You know, this is the entry, the exit. Well, actually, he didn't have an exit, but, you know, this is the arrow I shot him with. You know, it's still in him. See, that's a smart thing to do. Honestly, I wouldn't even thought about doing that. And I never have either. But, you know, I've talked to some other guys, you know, before, and they say when they shoot big deer or whenever they did shoot their big deer, they call the game warrant out to to look everything over just to – because there's been a lot of these big buck stories that you hear of that, you know – then they questioned the guy, you know, did you shoot it legally? You know, did he cross the yeah. fence or, or whatever? So I was like, I want to play all those to rest right away. Yeah, man. You, know? did you shoot him at night, and then you're, you're proof of having that buck there and still not much rigor mortis by, by the time he got there, I'm sure. Right, yeah. Yep. So just, just to make sure everything's legit and he knows and, and all that other good stuff. So if somebody is, you know, calling you out or something or mm-hmm. whatever, we heard this rumor that, you know, you shot this deer illegally, you know, they know right away, like, no, it's bullshit. You know, oh, I you shoot a big buck like that, all the haters come out, man. Oh, you know what? I was I was very surprised. I haven't had any of that. I haven't had any comments, really? any messages, nothing like that. And it really surprised me. That's awesome. That that none of that actually happened. You know, oh, that's a high fence deer. You know, yeah. I, I see that happen all the time, but man, nobody nobody ever did that to me. So I was really surprised and actually glad that, that didn't happen. Yeah, but hey, that's awesome. I think it's getting better than it used to be. I know a lot of the pages and everything, people are cracking down on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, then, too, you know, a lot of the, like I've said, you know, get into the filming side of it. You know, if you have it on film that everything was legit, too, you know, nobody yep. can question that. Exactly. You know, here's here's the living proof of it. So, yeah, it's a it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy deal. And, like, you know, I, I got him and Everything we brought him back here. We actually scored him. Of course, by that time, shoot, I don't know. I had my buddy drive my truck home because we got him in the back of the truck, and I just started slamming beers. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I think by the time we got to the house, we had like four beers in me, and it was only a ten mile trip. So, <laughs> yeah, hey, I'd have been the same way, man. On, on cloud so, nine, and is yeah. Kansas a one one buck state? It is. Okay, that's good. I like I like the one buck states personally. It, and, you know, a lot of years past, you know, I've always thought, man, that's, that sucks. You know, I wish I could shoot another deer. But then when you actually think about it, that is why we have the genetics and the age class that we do, too. Exactly. You know, if everybody could t- kill th- two or three bucks, you know, I'm just going to shoot him because I've got two more tags in my pocket anyways. I'm just going to kill a three-year-old. Yep, that's exactly. So I, I do like that. Um, one thing I do kind of would be, to me, a good thing to, you know, implicate in our and our laws is, you know, like Iowa, they are very, it's hard to get a tag for Iowa if you're an out-of-stater. Yep, that's true. I I, I wish that they would kind of do that here. Make it I a little think, harder. I, I think so. You know, and maybe that's because I'm, you know, I live here and it'll be a deal for me to get a tag. I don't really care, you know, yeah. keep all them guys out. But with being a one-buck state and the genetics we do have, if they, if they brought that number down kind of like Iowa does, I mean, I think it'd really take off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen some videos of dudes killing giants on Kansas Public, like 200-inch-plus yeah. bucks. Right. Which, like I said, it's good now, but I think I think it could be better. Yep, it, and, yeah, the same way. You know, our, I don't think our poaching is so much – I know it's there. I know it is a problem. I just don't think it's as much of a problem as it was, said, 10 years ago. 
Yep, I think that you, you know, you don't, with everybody don't remember the last time I've seen somebody uh, like Spotlight or something. Right. But, you know, there's with cell phones and the social media and everything like that, it's like almost like you can't get away with it anymore. Yep, exactly. Everybody's got cameras out there. People yeah. are watching. Yeah, even guys that shed hunt, you know, like, you know, cross over property lines and shed hunt and stuff. You know, a lot of them guys get caught. Yep, exactly. You know, people, somebody's running cameras or cell cameras, you know, they're going to catch you. It's like, well, here you are. You're trespassing. So, so yep. I think that has kind of cut down on that um, quite a bit. So I think that helps. Yep, I believe that too. So uh, what happened after you do? You bring this buck home? Like, uh, did you get any calls from some people, like some magazines or anything? I did, yeah. Just a few days later, um, North American Whitetail and Rack Magazine. He'll he'll be in both of those magazines. Okay, he'll be in this twenty twenty two. Yes, yeah. Um, I think they're both going to be North American Whitetail is going to be in the July issue, I believe, and Rack Magazine is supposed to be the June July. Hey, that's gonna be awesome. I have to I have to get that one. Yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> and see, I'm sure you're going to have one. Maybe even frame that bad boy. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm actually going to contact him and see if I can get, you know, a pallet of them. <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, yeah, that'd be awesome. There's yeah, nothing like that. Them. Having your own buck on one of the biggest magazines of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and then, so, uh, Rack Magazine is going to use one of the pictures my wife took for that the cover. And, uh, you know, they're paying her to use the picture and stuff. And I was like, you know, that'll buy some deer corn. And my wife goes, like hell, I took the picture. That's my money. I was like, yeah, I'm shit. a professional photographer here. I'm getting money for it. Yeah. She's like, that's my money. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome, though. That'd be yeah. a good memory for her, you know? Yeah. Hey, I, I took that picture. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she's she's awful proud of it. But she should be, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I bet she was proud of you, too, though. I bet she was fired up for you. She was. She she and, really and you were done buck hunting, so she's probably happy about that too. Yeah. So oh yeah, but she knows though it doesn't ever stop. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. well we got set up to go doe hunting and stuff, you know, and you know our other son still got his buck to shoot, so you know I'm oh, just yeah, still sure. still gonna grind, you know, still gonna grind it out, you know. Shoot, we did of course because I helped my buddy and stuff too until shit the last day of season. So and then I did some doe hunting after that, you know, on the our January doe season. So. Yeah, it's never ending. <laughs> one thing I've noticed, man, just about every big buck killer has a very supportive wife, supportive girlfriend, or they're clean and single. Yep, that's right. It's hard, it's hard to do it if you don't have a supportive wife, unless you're yeah. just gonna get lucky one time. Yeah, that that's a you know that is abs- the absolute truth. And hell, it even comes down to my kids too. You know, they're out yeah. there helping me hang stands. You know, fill the feeder, do all this, that, and the other. My son he, you know when season rolls around here my oldest one he's going to be 17 mm-hmm. so you know this next year he wants to go out by himself you know he wants to you know they hunt with a crossbow but you know he wants to go by himself and and all this that and the other he's like yeah dad now you know he started driving here a few months ago he's like yeah i can go out and fill the feeders myself and stuff and i can go out and you know switch you know batteries and stuff I was like, oh yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, bet, like, say, I bet you love that, man. I bet he loves it. It's just yeah. I remember those memories growing up with my dad doing that type of stuff, filling feeders, hanging cameras. Just them early yeah. years of hunting are engraved in my memory. Oh, for sure. It, you know that I don't. That is that's that's part of it that I love to do. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like well, that's what I do. Get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, then again, yeah. it's like well, I need to let you go do it because apparently you love to do it. So you know, yeah, something you're passionate about. So. 
Hey, yeah, you know, better him you know, to be passionate about that than other stuff that kids are doing nowadays. Oh, good lord! Don't I know it? Oh man! Seems like every kid now has just got a phone stuffed to their face. Oh yeah, all my nieces and nephews always got their tablets and shit. Yeah, I'm, that just you know my kids got Xboxes and stuff, but you know they're you know when we get a sixty five degree day, they're they're never inside. You know they're still yeah, out. That's you, know, yeah. you know I'm. I wish we lived out. In, I lived in the town. I live in town, but I wish I lived out in the country. You know, they'd be out there playing with snakes and turtles and stuff, just be out running around. So, yeah, I always grew up mainly in the city. And then, as I was in uh, like my junior year of high school, my parents built this property on some land that I hunt now. And I wish I'd have had that growing up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just be free. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been. I probably would have been a little bit ahead because I started doing food plots like all by myself. Like I'm just a real self-taught person. Like I obviously mm-hmm. listen to videos and do my studying but i'm just big on do it do it yourself like you learn the yeah. most just doing it oh for sure yeah relying you know and it's like i do take a lot of you know like the i watch the jury brothers you know i mean like oh, yeah, Greg one of my biggest inspirations yeah for sure like all these guys like bomar you know josh bomar and all yeah. those guys all those big name guys always listen to what they have to say too but then I think a lot of guys, this is where they mess up, is they try to do everything that they do step by step and it doesn't work for them. Well, you have to, yeah, you have to use some of that, but I think you need to also put in your own thing because what works for that region or that area, you know, might not work for you. Yep, everything's situational, like your property, the buck, like not all bucks are the same. Right, your soil type. Yep. You know, our soil top here in western Kansas is way different than what it is over east. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've so, even noticed in Indiana, like, we're in the southern part, and I go up north, and their soil is, like, 100% different. Yeah. So, what what, what they're doing for fertilizer or, or, you know, for their pH levels and everything else, is, isn't is it just isn't the same. You know, they've yeah. got really wet years, usually, where their stuff grows. That doesn't really use work here. You have to... You know, like plant milo and stuff, something that's hardy, something that can take the drought. Yeah. But in that because the deer eat the milo quite a bit, right? I know they're oh, yeah. it, obviously, and all that, but. Oh, yeah. They just, I mean, well, like these bucks that we kill usually in these milo fields, they're, if you're, when you cut their bellies open, you know, when you accidentally hit their stomach, you know, it's just full mm-hmm. of milo. Okay. Yeah. So that is, that is their main food source, you know, and, they don't really move to like the river bottoms and stuff. Like I said, until that, till that grain is gone, and then they'll go into those to those patterns. And it makes when them hard you, to kill. Yeah, oh yeah. When does uh, when do you guys usually start harvesting milo? I know it depends when it starts getting dry and everything, but um, it's usually I would say the third week of October, and it could go all the way till mm-hmm. you know December. Yeah. I'm saying, you know, hey, that's, that's good that you guys have an early season, though, because our season starts on October 1st, and that would change your whole hunt if the Milo was gone before your season started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like our rifle season doesn't start till like, the first – I think the first week of December, you know, so any rifle hunters, whatever, that food source is gone. Yep. I wish we, we had your, like, uh, your regulations on guns and bows, like how you have an early season muzzler and late season gun. I yeah. wish we had more of that. Yeah, our gun season's right there in the heat of the rut. Oh man! Yep, it's legit. The second week of November, all the way to the end of November. Oh my goodness! So there is a yeah. lot of big bucks that get killed because you know they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. If, the, if our gun season wasn't that two or three weeks, so many more big bucks would survive. Yeah.
yeah, that is what I love about our state is that it is until the ruts usually pretty much wound completely down, you know, then they're just pretty much, you know, drained from the rut. Now they're just going to hit food sources. Yeah. But we always call it the orange army. Right when the gun season opener, man, it changes the deer like crazy. Oh, man, I bet. Oof. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're not like that. Man, I don't know how many giant bucks I could have shot with a rifle during the rut. Yeah, right. Um, a lot. Okay. And and they get smart during the rut. Like I remember my number two buck, actually he was probably my number one. I called him uh Romer. He I saw him on opening day. My buddy actually was dropping off a gun, so I had to get out of the stand early so he didn't leave my gun just sitting on the porch. And I got down, walked over to check his trail camera. I was like a hundred yards in front of my stand and look over and this buck's just sitting there looking at me. And never oh. got him on trail camera since then. Oh man. Yep. If I would have sat in the stand five minutes longer, I'd probably shot him. Oh, jeez. Oh, it seems like that shit happens a lot, though, man. I swear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You get out of the stand, and thirty minutes later, here he comes walking by. Uh, it's, yeah. You know, that's like I went to uh, I went to Illinois a few years ago um, with Trophy Buck Outfitters. Um, I went hunting with them. I think it was three years ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what was like this, but. You know, and I've never done a guided hunt. That's the first and only guided hunt I've ever done. But I didn't know this, that all these other guys that are in camp, you know, that are paying for these hunts. Man, they're just like a bunch of oh, what I want to call high-maintenance women. Oh, dude, you're telling me. I've, I haven't went on white-tail ones, but I went on some, like, like exotic ranches with my dad and stuff. And Yeah, the people you see, like, do you ever shot that fucking gun in your life, dude? Yeah. Well, these dude. guys, you know, they – they don't want to go out. They don't want to get dropped off until it's light. And then they want to get out of the stand at nine o'clock. Yeah. It's like, it's the rut. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, and the, and the guides and stuff are saying, man, sitting at block, sitting at stand all day, sitting at stand all day. Shoot. Tell you what, out of what was our 1400s, I was the only one that actually sat all day. Really? You're yeah. You're that much money. Why the fuck would you not? I, that's what I didn't understand. It. And you know, yeah, people are seeing deer and stuff. I'm seeing deer and, of course, you know, once you get into the after, you know, middle of the day afternoon, it slows way down, you know, so you're just sitting in the line or sitting in the stand or whatever. But yeah. following that third day, it was 2.30 in the afternoon when my, I shot a 140-inch eight-pointer. You know, he'd come walking by at 2.30 in the afternoon, shot him, and yeah. th- that was that. And I was, but all these other guys, hell, there was even a guy that he'd never hunted before. He had, he bought all the Sitco gear and bought the, the most expensive Raven crossboats you can get. He hunted yeah. for two days and then was like, one of the guys to take him to the airport so he can go home. He's like, ah, oh, this hunting thing ain't for me. Wow. Man, are you freaking serious? Give me your shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. See, I'm like, I'm, I've, I've bought some decent clothes, but I'm always a Monty Oak guy, man. I've loved Monty yeah. Oak my whole life and it works for me and it's cheaper. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I bought some uh, Nomad uh, stuff, you know, yeah. three, four years All ago. Good. And, and that's, you know, it's not really overpriced stuff or whatever, but, Hell, I'm gonna have it for ten years. Yeah, it does. like you do buy nicer clothes. They do, they do last longer. But I personally, I don't like the Sitka pattern. Like my buddy Dylan, no. who's in the Budline, he he rocks all Sitka just because it's more comfortable for him. He likes it, but I mm-hmm. just don't like the pattern personally. No, no, you're yeah, I don't either. Like I said, I I'm a little like yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like man, I, th- I mean, it works. People kill deer out of it, but I, I'm just getting better my odds. Well, and then you got to think to what the Fred Bear used to say, mm-hmm. you know, camo is great and everything, but your granddad used to kill kill deer out of with a red 
brand flannel shirt on. Think about yep, that. The big thing is just sitting, sit still. That's what yep, movement. You're, you're what. That's how you pick up on deer. That's how you see deer's movement. They're looking yep. for the same thing. Hundred percent. You know, you could sit there naked. You know, if you don't move, yeah. they don't see you. Oh yeah, I used to be real big in photography when I was a kid. Just go out there in the backyard filming deer. I'd be in basketball shorts and a t-shirt climbing up in a pine tree having my buddy scare the deer toward me, and they walk right under me have no idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, the camo patterns and stuff, it's like I don't I don't know if it really matters a whole lot to them. I said it's just sit your ass still and be quiet. Yeah. You know, I still like to wear mossy oak and real tree and stuff like that. You know, it's just because, you know, that's that's what you're supposed to wear. That's hunting clothes, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just makes me feel better. And that's part of it. It's just getting yeah. you comfortable, giving you that confidence. Yeah. And, you know, you can even go into there with bows, you know. If whatever bow you shoot, it might be, not be the latest and greatest thing. But if you're comfortable with it, that's what you shoot good with. And stick with it. Oh, yeah. I'm big on that. Like, I shoot an old PSE that I've had. Since like high school, right out of high school, and it ain't no nice bow, probably five hundred dollar bow, but I shoot good with it and it put yep. deer down. Yep, I actually finally upgraded from my. uh I had a prime rise for quite a few years, um mm-hmm. and I finally just upgraded this last year to that Matthews. I bought a V three this year, or this yeah, last. My year. buddy just my buddy Youngblood from the group. He bought one. They're wicked, man. I would love to get a new bow. I'm probably gonna get one this year, but I'll. I'm not gonna spend a whole crazy right. for. I'm gonna get a nicer bow, but right, but. And I know guy, but I know guys that upgrade their bows every year. It's like, yep, I know that too. I don't get, I don't get how they can afford it. <laughs> Shoot, I don't either. It's like this one about broke me. I don't know how you guys do it every year, but whatever, because you know bows those don't dudes, appreciate like guns. No, those dudes are shooting five hundred dollars sights or some crazy sights too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, like, and then you watch these old like a uh, real tree monster bucks and stuff. You know, like the first seasons of when they're shooting them old bear bows and the old Hoyts. Yeah. You know that. With this yeah. one iron pin that's in there and stuff, I was like, man, they kill deer with them aluminum heavy ass arrows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have been killing animals with longbows for yeah. hundreds and thousands. Of, I don't know that thousands of years, but long, long time. Yeah, I always say that those are the real men right there shooting the longbows and the recurve still. And oh yeah, killing deer with them. You're, yeah, that's a different breed. I, I might get that one with my older age, but I ain't good enough for that right now. No, man, that's a like I said, that's a whole different breed. You know, that's I always say that those are the real archery hunters, man. I'm sitting here at yep. the site and shit, can't <laughs> you know? And those guys are doing it, but that's all instinct. Yeah, shooting a compound's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, especially these days. And so you got like you were talking about Joe uh, Bomar. What's his first name? That's my blank. Uh, Josh Bomar. Bomar. Yeah, yeah, Josh Bomar. I remember watching the mule deer video. I think it was like 88 yards. He stuck this mule deer. Jeez. Yeah, but yeah, he's but, a beast. I mean, he felt comfortable shooting that far, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and hell, I watched uh, here a few weeks ago. He did a hippo hunt, you know, and he was hunting them with a recurve. He ended he up shooting one with this compound bow. He was he was bound and determined to shoot one with that old recurve. You know, a freaking hippo. That's insane. That's the, probably the most dangerous animal in Africa. I think it is. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah, some balls, but, man. I got some. I like to think I got some big kahunas, but I don't know about long, long bow after a hippo. I, you know, and I think the same thing. And then this last year, when I was actually that that night, the first night that I sat in saw Zeus in the rain, I always like to think, oh, you know, kind of this big tough guy, or whatever, you know. And then I was all the way to the dam to go sit where I was going to sit, and I popped over a terrace at the edge of the mile, and there's a badger like walking at me and I freaked the hell out and started running the other way. <laughs> I've never seen a badger. They, they get mean, man. 
Oh, dude, I've seen them kill dogs. Like, them things are wicked. My uncle and dad were in Utah one year, and uh, I think they were deer hunting and ended up having a badger come up on them, and it was, like, aggressive. And they <laughs> started, ch- started chasing them, and yep. they're letting arrows fly, let, turning, letting arrow fly, running 50, 80 yards, turning, trying to let another one fly. And then uh, I think my dad or my, it was my uncle. Was, my dad was out of arrows. My uncle had one more, and this badger was getting real close to my dad. My uncle ended up sticking him right behind him. Jeez. Yeah, and that was back, like, before I was even born, early yeah. 90s, probably. Yeah, them things are not uh, – they're not afraid of nothing. Yeah, that's, yeah I've never seen them, but I've nothing seen the videos of them. <laughs> yeah, they're nothing to mess with. Yeah, we've we've got quite a few of them here, and it's like, you see one, you better start heading the other way because he's going to come after you, then they'll tear you up. Oh, yeah, they're not even that big, but they're just – Yeah, yeah, they are for sure. But yeah, man, it's a – kind of a it's a different feeling i've got you know on instagram and all this other stuff you know kind of getting all this attention you know from this deer it's just a whole new a whole new thing for me yeah and so that's how i found you he just i was scrolling or no somebody sent me your thing he said, hey you might want to try to talk to this guy and yeah I sent you a text and you were down for it instantly i was like hell yeah that's all <laughs> yeah you know i was actually just talking to a guy the other day he he saw the a big one he's over 200 at south here and he's he's very secretive about everything, though. You know, he doesn't he doesn't put his stuff on social media or nothing like that. You know, he doesn't even put them in the books. Yeah, there's a lot of guys like that that you'll never hear about unless you they personally tell you. Yeah, and these guys are they're always worried. Well, somebody might take my hunt spot, you know, and this, that, and the other. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, where I hunt, go ahead because where that mile of fields out, there's not going to be planted anything planted until this next winter and it's going to be wheat there won't be anything there so if they want to go hunt that spot you can go ahead <laughs> yeah right Actually, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the there? works of talking with another guy from Kansas who shot a 245 last year oh shoot who was that um his name is Mark Summers oh yeah Mark okay yeah yeah I've talked to him a couple times on Facebook yeah yep I'm saying he's uh he's busy a lot so we're just gonna try to work around his schedule he's always working late but yeah, and I'm believe- excited to do that one with him too yeah, I believe he got that one on film, right? Yeah, yep. He had a buddy with him. Yeah, that was. I like, believe that was his first. That was his first bow kill ever. Yeah, that's right. That's Man, awesome. wolf, Jesus, that's that's, that's, a, that's a hard one to beat. Two forty five. <laughs> yeah, that's a man. That deer heat shot was beautiful. My goodness. Yeah. Hey, that, wow. that just proves that Kansas has it, man. Yeah, you, it, you guys are doing something right. Right, it's you know whatever minerals we got in the ground. I think <laughs> it's yeah. the genetics, you know the, and that's that's the other thing is like even your genetics, you know like the the game one was telling me he's like you know you can have a buck that's got the right genetics, if he actually doesn't breed the doe that has those same genetics, those mm-hmm. that same built into their genetics, you know it doesn't produce anything like that. He's like you have to have not only the right buck that breeds that doe, but the doe has to be right too. Yep, exactly. That's why them high fence deer, that's why they get so big, because they got everything lined up perfectly. That's right, yep. And you can tell when it's a farm-raised deer, because their body oh. size compared to their rack size, it's just, yeah. they stick out. Oh, yeah, big time. Like, I've got, there was uh, good friends with an old boy that, he passed away here a few years ago, and he's got a, I've got the mountain in my house, but it's, it's a farm-raised deer, you know, and mm-hmm. it is. You can tell just how much different that rack is. You know, he's like two eighty something. You know, he's insane. Yeah. It's a farm raised deer. You yeah, know, hell, I wouldn't have it. Years old man, they're yeah. usually over three hundred. Yeah, that's just nuts. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And I would probably, you know, I despise those things, but, you know, I was really good friends with the old boy, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it, you know. Yeah. yeah. But just, you know, it's cool to see, I guess, you know, something that big. It's just, you know, it's yeah, different. It, it's still beautiful, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, he, you know, when he makes my dear Zeus look small. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah. You can definitely tell the difference there between a wild deer and a farm-raised deer. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, because I'll see pictures every once in a while. Like, I'm, I know there was some kid who shot one that ended up being a farm raised deer. Yeah. People are like, look at this, about to be a world record. I'm like, yeah, that's a farm raised deer. I can tell by his body size. Yeah, there was, I think it was, there was a guy in Kansas this year, I think, that shot one of those. Yeah, and then brought it to his property and tried to say he shot it. And then the people yeah. who shot it ended up showing the pictures, like, no, this is a picture in our iPhone. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's like, no, you can, like I said, you can tell right off the bat. It's like, no, you're not going to get away with it anymore. So I don't even know why people even try. No, I don't either. And then I, I like these, like these guys that you want to show off their trophy rooms and these things. And it's like, you can tell every deer in there was out of a pen. So yeah, exactly. You know, that's cool and all. It's like, but I, I don't have the same respect for you. No, hundred <laughs> like, percent. Nope. If that's what you're looking for, you ain't, you're not going to get it, bud. Yeah, which some people, I can understand why you do it. If you're, like, handicapped or you can't yeah. really get out there, then you always want to kill a big buck. Might be your only chance. But yeah. Yeah. And you go, to, it, to what it is, it is. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. If that tickles your fancy, then that's great. But it's just it's not, the, it's not the same for me, man. Nope. It definitely is not. But, yeah. It's yeah a, John, man, I had, a, I had a blast talking with you. You got some big buck stories. I know you killed another 200, so you're not. You're in a category of your own, brother. There's not very many people that have ever done that. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. And, you know, I, I'm kind of looking forward to this next year because I do have one spotted, you know, here the last part of this last season that, you know, he's going to – I think he's going to be right up in there. So, Hell, yeah, Hope, man. I'd love to hear about it. it yeah, you bet. Hopefully, hopefully the stars all align again and, you know, can do it again. But, we'll. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yep, and this next year, uh, like as the season starts going on, just about because ours comes in October first, but we're hunting Kentucky, so I'm gonna probably start about early September, and I'm just gonna give some of these people I've uh, already done podcasts with other guys, just talk to them five ten minutes, and just see what the deer movements in your area. So yeah, if people yeah, man. feel like what's going on in the whole country, get their hopes up, get them get them pumped up to get out there. Oh, you bet. You bet. Yeah, and shoot, once our season starts, you know, we got something going on, I'll shoot you at the extra or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it, man. I had a blast. I uh, appreciate you. Definitely have to get you on. You got some some good stories. It was real easy, me and you. We just – it was easy to connect, man. This one flew out good, so I appreciate you a lot joining us. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir. I much appreciate you reaching out and everything. And like I said, hopefully, hopefully we can do it again. Yep, and uh, is there anything you want to plug, like your Instagram or just anything you want to shout out? I, I mean, not really. I mean, I guess I'm not really one. <laughs> I, I honestly figured you weren't going to want to, but I like asking. Yeah, 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 sir. Yeah, like I said, we'll just, uh, you know, I'm really excited for these magazines coming up. I, I will say that. I'm, yeah. you know, even just shoot from being 10 years old all the way up to now, you know, it's like you always look at these magazines. It's like, man, what if that could be me one day? You know, what could – and it's like kind of kind of coming real now. So I, I yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really excited about that. So yeah, I grew up looking at those magazines all the time. My dad always had some subscriptions, and I'd always snag them. I'd be cutting pictures out. I'd be doing a bunch of stuff there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and you know, I I'll, I'll say this. You know, 
I've even got one, but one really good buddy of mine, you know, he's always saying, you know, Oh, that's great that that happened, you know, but you know, that'll never happen to me. And it's like, brother, I said that for, you know, 32 years of my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, you never know. You know, I would have never known. I, I killed a 200 inch and then the next year it happened again. It's like I, last year I said, no, nah, that'll never happen again. That's, that's, that's where it stops. That's it. Yep. So, so don't ever say, you know, I'll just say, don't ever say it can't happen to me because it absolutely can. Yep. Just about everybody who kills a giant buck says that. I never thought this was going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, and you don't until it happens. And it's like, you know, it's, if you live in the right area, it absolutely could happen. It's just put in the work, you know, and exactly. It's how much work you're willing to put in. Cause yeah. if you want to go out there once or twice a, a year doing barely nothing, good luck at killing a good bug. Yeah. Exactly. And some people do get lucky doing that, but yeah, you know, I, I honestly believe you, you put the hard work into it. You're going to get the rewards. So. Yep. And going into killing a big buck, man, it happens right when the season ends half the time. That work starts. <laughs> yeah. And- yeah. And hell, I'm sure you've done it too. There was, you know, a lot of years in there, especially making that transition from shooting younger bucks just to kill a deer to the, you know, getting the age class deer. Yeah. Man, it was three or four years in there. I ate tag soup and, it doesn't taste good no matter how long you boil it or anything. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I've, I've been there many, not many years, but I, I've had two or three years on a bug trout. So. Yeah. And I could have yeah. shot smaller bucks, but I wasn't after smaller bucks, you know? Right, right. You know, there was times I actually shot several in the 140s, 150s, but they were just, you know, they weren't there yet. They were three years old, yeah. two years old, whatever. It's like, no, I'm not going to shoot that one. You know, he's still too young and, People are like, gotta let them grow, man. You want to shoot a big one, can't shoot them. Oh, shit. shit, that was like an, another story up there in Illinois. I was at that hunt. I took pictures of this buck, and I bet you he was in the 160s. He was, mm-hmm. but he walked by me a couple of times. I was like, God damn, that deer's not that old. You know, he's only, you know, four years old. I, you know, like to get five and a half, you know, five and older. And yeah. when we got back to the lodge at night, my, my guide was like, are you serious? It's like, yeah, dude, he, he wasn't there yet. Let him get another year. Mm-hmm. He immediately, he takes me into the, to the office where the owners, uh, Brian, which is where the owners is. And he's like, you know what? This is the part of my French. This is the fuckers that we need hunting here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can cut what you want on here, man. He's like, you know, th- that's what we need here. And all these other guys that were hunting there, you know, showing them the pictures and the videos. I'm like, you didn't shoot that deer. Oh, I didn't shoot that fucking deer. Dude. Yeah. He's not there yet. Oh my God, you're you're crazy. I'm like, well, I guess that's, that's why you got these studs and they don't though. Yeah, right. Yeah, as like, it's just it's hard a lot of times. And even you know my kids and teaching them that. Like my my younger son Blake, he passed on a four and a half year old. Uh, no, he a three and a half year old 140, 145 inch ten pointer. Mm-hmm. You know, he passed him. This deer walked in, and he's looking at him, and says, oh, that's a good buck, Dad. I said, yeah, he's a good buck. And then he gets him in the scope, and he says, "How old is he?" I said, "He's only a three and a half year old." And he clicks the safety back on. He's like, "I'm not going to shoot that deer." Yeah, hey, that's awesome, man. That's what's about right there, man. Shit, that's are some, you serious? <laughs> some dedication. Yeah, and then uh, you know, nobody caught up with him this year, but you know, he, this year he's a four and a half year old, and you know, he was up there probably pushing one seventy now. You know, because he passed on him last year, he made that jump. Yeah, exactly. You know, he found his sheds and stuff, you know, so he's still alive. So now he's, you know, he might even be even bigger this year. So I was like, you know what? And, and he's actually found the sheds to him. 
I said, now look what happened because you passed that deer. Now look what he grew into and he's still alive. Think about now you have a big one to go after, you know, for 2022. Yep, yep exactly. Just because awesome. you made that decision. Yep. So. Well, hell yeah, man. I appreciate you. I'm going to have to get you on for another episode down the road. I had too much fun recording this with you. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I hear you. But, uh, yeah, man. So, until next time, appreciate you, John, for joining us on this episode of the Whitetail Bloodline. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. You have a good one. Yep, you too, man.